Proverbs chapter number 24. I want to share a message the Lord placed on my heart many years ago and one that has become a very practical message. It's one that I believe we need to learn to apply in our lives because it is a simple spiritual truth that we all must learn to deal with. If you do not learn from this spiritual, if you don't learn this principle in your life, it will set the stage for failure because what I want to preach on this morning is learning from the fall. You see, in my life over the years, I have learned some lessons from falling. Uh, I have had some physical falls, and to be completely honest, and I believe if we would all be honest this morning, we would say we've had some spiritual falls in our lives, meaning that we've struggled in some areas, we've had sin in our lives, and we've allowed things to creep in and distract us from the service of the Lord. And as a result of that, I believe we need to learn some lessons from falling. And so that's what I'd like to share with you this morning here is lessons learned from falling. I mean, if you found your place in Proverbs chapter 24, we're going to begin reading in verse number 15. It says, Lay not wait a wicked man against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth. And let not the, thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is truly an honor and a privilege to be here today. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you would bless this time together. Lord, as we open the Word of God, we seek the truths to be guided um, by the work of the Holy Spirit, but also to tenderize our hearts to the reality of the struggle before each of us. Lord, we would like to live our lives, Father, not ever facing a struggle or facing a failure or fall. But Lord, I know personally that that is not a reality. And Lord, because of that, I ask for your help this morning to preach this message and to share this truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I know this is probably not the most encouraging message that we get to hear learning from a fall. I can tell the stories of personal falls in my life. One that I like to share is when my brother and I were much younger. We were teenagers and we were riding our bicycles uh, coming back from in town. And as we were going around the curve, I learned a very important principle that day. When you go into a curve, it's best to not have your inside pedal down. Because if your inside pedal is down, it may make contact with the asphalt. And in doing so you're going to fall. Amen. And I fell and I bore the scars from that. And, and for many years, I had fond memories of falling that day. Amen. And it left, it left tremendous marks in my life. Amen. But the truth is, is that, is that left marks in my life, learning that falling is a reality also established spiritual truths in my life. Amen. And I promise you this morning, amen, as we face the day in which we live, falling is a reality. I believe one of the greatest failures today in Christianity is the fact that we deny the reality of our failures. Rather than addressing the reality of it, what do we do? We pretend it never happened. We try to cover it up and, to make, and then just try to go forward. There, you will never mature spiritually trying to hide the fact that you're falling. Amen. And so as we look in Scripture today, we will find in this passage, amen, the reality of the fall. And I want to start off with a very simple principle. Falling is inevitable. Will we fall? Amen. Yes, we will fall. Amen. My goal, and I'll promise you, I believe every faculty and staff member here at Ambassador's Desire is that no young person at Ambassador Baptist College ever have to struggle or fall in the ministry. But we also understand reality. 
as I, I know several of us, I mean, have seen students that, that we went to school with uh, fall in their lives and in the ministry. We've seen pride creep into their lives and we've seen their ministries change. We've seen a lot of different areas in their life where they've struggled and because of that, we know that falling is a reality. I mean, and if we have, as we have seen those, I mean, I believe it has established some principles in our life that we have learned to encourage others, I mean, to avoid these same mistakes in their lives. So I want to share with you a testimony of a young man that I knew many years ago. After I graduated from Ambassador, I had an opportunity of working in a rescue mission, and one of the very first men that came in that mission had a problem with drinking. Now, he was a genius when it comes to memorizing Bible Scripture. Amen? How many of you have met those people that it seems like memorizing Scripture is like going to sleep at night? It just happens without even having to try it. Amen? I'll be honest with you. I mean, don't hold this against me. I'm envious of people like that. I mean, you see students, I mean, uh, that take Greek and they make a 99 on their Greek test. Amen? And you wonder, how in the world does this happen? Amen. And for the life of me, I don't know how it happens. Amen. You say they studied hard. Well, so did I, but I never made a 99. Amen. But here's, here's what happens. When we look at these things, we see, I mean, that there's a struggle that occurs in our life. And as you look at this passage, amen, if we begin to look and understand that falling is inevitable, we understand what the Lord begins to teach the principle in Proverbs chapter 27 in verse, excuse me, Psalms 37 in verse number 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Notice this, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Amen. Do you get that this morning? He said, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Then he moves on to the next verse, though he fall. Does God know that you're going to fall in your life? Amen. Does He know that there's going to be things that you struggle with? Absolutely. It doesn't take God by surprise, amen, when we fall because God knows the human nature that we have, amen. And as we see that, I'm reminded in 1 John, amen, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, amen. So when we look at Scripture, if it is clear that we will fall, the question must be answered. What do we do when we fall? I want to share some examples with you this morning, uh, and hopefully I won't get too bogged down in this, I mean, because I believe everyone falls at some time, and I've got a short list of those that fall. I mean, having the wonderful privilege of raising children, I have seen my children grow as from an infant into toddlers and adolescence, and then as they grew into teenagers, I watched my children fall. I mean, I've seen them struggle. I mean, I've seen them go through some hardships in their lives. I've seen them fall physically. I've seen them fall spiritually. And I have, by the grace of God, been there to see them get up and keep going for the Lord. Amen? And so as we see the reality of Scripture, we understand that children are going to fall. Toddlers are going to fall. Amen? Teenagers are going to fall. I would like to say this this morning. College students are going to fall. Amen. And so if I know that we're going to fall, what do we do? As we're looking here at finals, amen, I know but just before I came in this morning, uh, one said, Brother Lindsay, preach as long as you can. Amen. I hope to get out of the next midterm. Amen. They're really, some of you are excited about that. Amen. Uh, and, but I think of the midterms, let me just throw this in as a little side note. I think of midterms as a simple uh, proof text to what you've learned through the semester. I mean, you say, preacher, I didn't get the grade that I wanted. Well, did you learn something? 
Amen. And that's what the midterm is. I mean, it is a revealer of what you have learned and that you have learned. Can I tell you this? I mean, you may not feel like you've learned much, but I promise you, you learned more than you thought you had. I mean, I can look back on my days in college and say, you know, the Lord's brought many things back to my memory. I mean, that may not have showed up so well on a test, but showed up in a greater test, the test of life. Amen. And so as we look at this, we find that teenagers fall. We find that, uh, you know, young people fall, college students fall. I mean, can I say this? I've seen preachers fall. I've seen preachers fall because of pride. I've seen arrogance. I've seen lust. I've seen bitterness. I've seen envy. I've seen preachers fall for a multitude of reasons. I've seen them fall from immorality. I've seen them fall because of drinking. Some of the greatest men I've known in my life in the ministry, I have seen and heard years later of their fall. Dr. Spencer and I had talked uh, last year it was about one of the men that I knew growing up and I went to Christian camp at a camp that they offered. I mean, and later on to find out that he fell in the ministry. I mean, and that the church that he was at covered it up and pretended like it never happened. I mean, years later there were large lawsuits and everything that came as a result of it and, and destroyed this man's life simply because of a fall. Can I tell you, I mean, falling is a reality. I mean, and so as we look at this passage, not only do we find that falling is a reality, falling is inevitable. I mean, we need to understand that when falling happens, there's all kind of examples inside the Word of God of falling. One of the first we, we learn about is in Genesis chapter 3. We find Adam and Eve in the garden in one of the greatest and the most perfect environment possible having experienced a relationship with God, knowing His voice when He would come to them, and knowing the sound of His steps in the garden, they knew God on a very personal and intimate level and having personal instruction from God. Amen? Now, we've got the Bible, right? I mean, if we have the Bible, we have God's Word. But Adam and Eve heard it spoken from the mouth of God Himself. And so when he told them and gave them certain instructions, I mean, and he said, you're not to eat of this tree, and yet they went out and did exactly what he asked them not to do. I mean, they had greater wisdom and understanding and enlightenment. Did they fall? And if they lived in that kind of environment and fell, what is it like when we face the world that we face today? I mean, and so I think of Adam and Eve. I think of uh, Abraham. I think of Lot as he vexed his righteous soul. I think of Samson. I think of Jonah. I think throughout Scripture. I think of Eli and King Saul. I think of David and Bathsheba. Now get to the New Testament and I start thinking about those of Peter. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people like Peter. I mean, I got a big mouth and I like to let people know it. I mean, and Peter was just like that. I mean, and so on one occasion in Matthew chapter 16, as he's talking with Christ, he says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I mean, he gets a great testimony. But the next thing that happens in Peter's life, get this, the one that he just said was Christ, he rebuked him and said, Lord, it's not going to happen. I mean, you want to talk about can you move much quicker than Peter did? And I say that was a, a backward step in the life of Peter. We know when Peter was there at, in the garden with our Savior and those came in and when Peter cut off the ear, I mean, what did Peter do? I mean, rightly, shortly thereafter, he fled with the rest of the disciples. I mean, and so I say the reality of falling is inevitable before each of us. I think of men such as Demas. I mean, Demas, a faithful uh, companion of the Apostle Paul, and the Bible says, and Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. 
You see, the tragedy is, I mean, is that falling happens. I mean, and as a result, falling is devastating and falling can be destructive in our lives. My goal, uh, and I believe the Lord's goal, is that we learn that when we fall, it does not have to be fatal in our lives. That falling can produce spiritual growth and maturity in our lives. And so number one, I want you to know with me that falling is inevitable. Number two, please understand this with me, falling hurts. When you fall physically, it hurts. I'll never forget the story uh, my wife shared with me before we were married. I, she was in high school band, and as she was competing in a competition in band, I mean, she was, uh, they were at the University of Florida. Go Gators. That's just for Brother Hanky. Amen. Uh, and so uh, she was going out to the field, and as they were coming back, I mean, uh, she had to go up a set of stairs, and she fell in those stairs. I mean, she got cut up and bruised and uh, was hurt. And fortunately, there was a good band director that was willing to stay with her and help her and get her uh, to where she needed to be. Amen. And the result from that was she fell and she got hurt. Amen. And so we understand that falling hurts. Amen. When I told you about wrecking my bicycle that day, amen. When I, when I got up from that, amen, I had road rash on my forearm. My legs were skin up and tore up. And as a result, I, I learned that falling hurt. But I want to tell you this, falling spiritually also hurts. When we, fall, when we realize the human nature that we have, and that we can fall, it is good for us to understand that it hurts. I mean, can I tell you this? I mean, it will hurt you. Falling will hurt. I want you to get this. I mean, as you look back in Proverbs, I want you to notice with me in Proverbs 24. It says, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. I mean, he says he falls. He said it happened. I mean, but every time he fell, it hurt. When David fell with Bathsheba. It hurt David, amen? It hurt Bathsheba. I mean, it hurt those in the kingdom. It hurt the nation of Israel. Not only was that hurt personal in David's life, amen, that hurt was public, amen, and caused a, a problem for David to have to deal with the remainder of his life, amen? And so can I tell you, when you fall, amen, there is, a, there is a, the greatest truth that we can have is that we can recover from a fall if we will trust God and follow Him, amen? And so as we look at this and begin to understand that falling hurts, I want you to think with me about Peter after he denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about it. The Lord tells you you're going to do something, Peter. I mean, and you walk out and you do exactly what He tells you you're going to do and you said it'll never happen. I mean, can I tell you, everybody in chapel, you're going to face something in your life that you said that this would never happen. And believe it or not, at some point, you will probably find yourself falling to it. I'll never get bitter. I'll never get mad. I'll never say anything that I shouldn't have said. I mean, just mark it up. I mean, when it happens, doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you're human. I mean, and so as we look in this text, I mean, Peter, I mean, as he denied the Lord Jesus Christ, and as he gets in Luke chapter 22 and verse number 22, verse 62, the Bible says, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. 
Amen. Yeah, Peter didn't have a physical fall. Amen. He didn't have the scrapes on his arms. He didn't have the bloody elbows from when he fell. Amen. But he hurt himself spiritually and he hurt himself emotionally. Amen. And Peter needed somebody to love him and care for him. Peter needed somebody that would not blame him and accuse him. He didn't need somebody to remind him of his failure. Amen. When we fall, we know about it. Amen. And you don't need to be the one to remind everybody of how often they've fallen. One of the greatest weaknesses, and I know we've all heard this before. I mean, I believe an independent Baptist is, is the fact that we, we not only kick our fallen, sometimes we trip them and, 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 uh, and walk over them at the same time. I mean, we, we kick them, yes, we do everything in our power, and we remind them of how bad it was when they fell. I mean, well, I tell you what, let's just get a biblical principle about it I mean, and try to restore such a one. I mean, let's become the one that helps somebody up rather than keep somebody down. I mean, and so if we understand that falling is inevitable, if we will understand that we fall, we will understand what Peter was going through as he fell in his life. I mean, and Samson, when he said, I mean, in Judges chapter 16, and the Philistines be upon thee, and he awoke out of his sleep, get this, and said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself, and get this, he wist not that the Lord was with him. He all of a sudden had forgotten, amen, that the Lord was his strength and his power. And because he yielded to the temptation of this world, Samson found himself without the power of God in his life. Does it mean God quit loving him? No, because Samson did a greater thing in his death than he did in his life. Amen. He saw a great recovery in his life. Amen. And so I want to tell you, secondly, is that falling hurts. Amen. Number three, I want to get you and help us to understand this. Falling isn't final. I mean, falling isn't final. I mean, now, I didn't tell the, the whole piece of that story as my brother and I were riding our bikes. I mean, it was a 10-speed bike. And I, as I fell in that curve and got up, the last thing that you would have thought to do, I mean, would be to leave the bike and walk away from it and say, I'll never ride the bike again. Here's what I did. I went and I picked the bike up. I got back up on the bike, and I started riding again. I mean, you've heard if a, if a horse throws you, get back on it. My brother and I, I mean, we're riding my Uncle Quincy's horse, and, uh, and this was a young horse, and it was very attached to its mother. I mean, and, and so my brother and I began to ride the horse, and we were riding out on our property, and uh, my cousin Willie rode the mother horse up the road from us. Now, here's the reality of, of what happened. As we went that direction, we went away from its mother. That horse did not want to have anything to do with leaving its mother. But as my brother and I made our way back around where our barn is at, I mean, the horse decided that it did not want us on its back anymore, and it was going to do everything in its power, I mean, to get back to its mother. Well, that horse began to rear up and threw my brother and I off, and that horse bolted down the road, I mean, to catch back up with its mother, only to find out that if had that we had followed Willie, we would have been involved in an accident and quite possibly killed. And so, yes, falling is a reality, but falling wasn't final. I mean, we got back up, we rode the horse again. I mean, and so down the road, I mean, we can recover from these falls. I mean, and so as you look in Scripture, we find that falling isn't final. I mean, and it means, what, what does falling mean? It means you are not perfect. Now, you say, preacher, these are simple truths. I mean, well, they need to be simple truths that become profound in our lives. I mean, you and I are not perfect. I mean, get this, you're human. Now, I want to think that I'm superhuman. 
I mean, but as I get older, I realize I'm much, more fur, I'm much farther from superhuman than I've ever been. I mean, as we look at this, the Bible tells in 1 Corinthians 10, I mean, it says, There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. It says that all men, all men, all women, all of us will face temptation in our lives. I mean, but it goes on and says, As we face that temptation, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. Amen. As we face temptation, there is a God on your side. There is a God on my side that will not forsake us. Amen. He will not neglect us. Amen. And as we go through that temptation, God wants to be there, and He wants to be the help that you need in your life. Amen. And He wants to provide a way of escape. Will we trust God as we face that temptation? And so we find the reality He is there to help us. Amen. And so as we do, we understand that we're human. I mean, and what I got to say these, amen, because not only do we understand that we're not perfect, we are human. I mean, what failing doesn't mean is you are a failure. What failing doesn't mean is that you are a failure. I mean, you may quite possibly get a failing grade on a midterm. I mean, does that mean you're a failure? No. What you do if you get a failing grade and, a, and your response to that will determine if you become a failure. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I took first year Greek twice. It wasn't because I failed it the first time. It's because I didn't think I knew it well enough and I wanted to take it again because I needed to know more. I needed to understand it better. I mean, you say, why would you go through it twice? I mean, I was just uh, glutton for punishment. Amen. I mean, if y'all think Brother Hanky's tough, I mean, y'all should have had Brother Camp. Amen. I mean, Brother Camp was a lot more difficult and more challenging to us. Amen. If you think Brother Hanky's tough, I mean, you should have had to take the Greek class. I mean, before you had all the computer software to help you with it. Amen. I mean, just it was a lot different back then. Amen. And so, you know, we, we still had stone tablets and chisels that we wrote with as well. Amen. Uh, so, but here's what we understand this morning. Falling isn't final. Can I tell you this? I mean, and I, I do want to tell you this. I believe every Christian, as we hear that falling isn't final, we should say, thank God. We should say, Lord, thank you for your love and mercy. Lord, thank you that you are here to help me and that I don't have to stay in a fallen state. Amen. And so get this. I mean, falling doesn't mean, what falling doesn't mean is you're, you are a failure. Amen. How to become a failure is very simple. Now, I had to put this in here because I believe it's very practical. It says, how to become a failure. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse number 9. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Get this. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Get this. It means that you must stay down. If you want to become a failure, just stay where you're at. Don't grow. Don't learn. Don't say, you know what, I'm not going to let this define me. I mean, I, I'm going to let this become the one thing that cripples me. I'm going to let it destroy me. Nobody in our right mind say this is where I'm, I'm going to put down my white flag and throw up and surrender. I mean, I want to keep going. Amen. I'll never forget several years ago preaching out of the book of Jeremiah. As I was preaching, I come across the passage mentioning this, Brother Spencer. Amen. And I preached this thought. Amen. I want my towel back. Jeremiah was at a point, he was ready to throw in the towel, he was ready to call it quits, amen. And then Jeremiah says, you know what, I can't quit, amen. I know the God that I serve, I know the cost that has been paid, amen. And I got to get back in the fight, amen. Can I tell you, I mean, if you fall, here's the reality, God wants you back in the fight. 
You need to get back in the fight. I want you back in the fight. And the churches you're going to serve in will want you back in the fight. I mean, they can, can, not only can I say they want you, let me take it a step further. They need you. They need you back in the fight. Amen. And so as we look at this, understand with me how to become a failure, stay down. Number two, deny it. You know what? It's fine. You know what? God knew who I was when he created me. Amen. And this is the way God made me, so I'm just going to live the way God made me. I mean, what God made you to do was trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. What God prepared you to do, I mean, was to know the Savior and to be empowered by His mercy and grace. I mean, what He did was when He saved you, is He gave you the Holy Spirit that you can receive power, that you can have victory in your life. I mean, and so God wants us to have power. He wants us to have victory. I mean, and so God doesn't want us to deny it. God wants us to admit it and trust His forgiving grace in our lives. Number two, number three, not only stay down, not only to deny it, number three, depart. Just quit. I mean, I encourage you, I mean, don't ever quit. I had a high school football coach, I mean, and one of the principles my dad had always taught me, not all of them were always good, I mean, uh, but my dad, one of the things dad taught me, he said, Keith, he says, I don't care if you get into a fight, I mean, he says, I don't want you in a fight, he says, but don't come home the loser. Amen? And what he was saying was, son, don't quit. One of the things that I learned in high school, I mean, is I had a high school football coach. I mean, and that high school football coach, I mean, was probably half of my size. And yet you want to talk about somebody that would get in your face and would bark orders at you and tell you what you needed to do and would tell you when you had done wrong. I mean, Coach Hurst was just that kind of guy. I mean, he was there to push us. He was there to motivate us. He was there to strengthen us. And then several years ago, Brother Hanky, that same football coach, I mean, that I'd seen challenge me and, and try to encourage me to do better in playing football, he came to hear me preach. And afterwards, I mean, he sent me a letter. He said, Keith, I am so excited about seeing how God is using you today in your life you say well he was a high school football coach I mean but his final goal wasn't football what his goal was was to prepare us to overcome the challenges of our life and push us further and harder in our lives I mean and so as we look at this we understand I mean that we can learn from the fall I mean how do we learn from the fall I mean we can learn from Peter we can learn I mean that as Peter put his trust in the Lord we learn that he can grow from his spiritual mistakes in his life. Amen. I want to just share with you some simple thoughts. What uh, can we learn from Peter's fault? Well, can I tell you this? The Bible says in Matthew 26, I mean, can I tell you pride is destructive. Pride is the one thing that says, well, you know what? Nobody needs to know about this. Pride's what says, you know what? I don't need to make this right. Pride says it'll be okay this time. I mean, and so pride is destruction. Proverbs tells us pride goeth before destruction and a haughty fear before a fall. I mean, can I tell you, not only pride is destructive, laziness is deceptive. I mean, one of the greatest reasons I see people fail, I mean, in the ministry and in college is laziness. Laziness. I mean, other things are more important. If you're in Bible college, I mean, one of the most important things God sent you here to do was get an education. Amen. And so what do you need to do? Make that a priority in your life. Amen. And so that means you may not 
have as much time to fall in love as you had hoped. Amen? Think about it with me this morning. Are you here to find that mate for life? Are you here to strengthen yourself in the purpose and will of God for your life? Do we want to serve God? I tell you, you you won't find, I mean, in my opinion, I I think you'd you'd be hard-pressed to find a a mate, I mean, a Christian spouse, then you would find a better one than you'd find in Bible college. But can I also tell you, if you're not careful, you might pick the wrong one at Bible college too. So understand with me that falling is a reality and falling are things that we can learn from. Laziness is deceptive. I mean, the Bible teaches us that fleeing is foolish. I mean, in James, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. What is he saying? That when we get ourselves strengthened, amen, and we see that God is restoring us, the last thing we need to do is run from it. We need to let God strengthen us and restore us, amen, so that we can stand where we once fell as a testimony that God is a loving God, God is a merciful God, and that God is a restoring God. I mean, what a great testimony to see what God can do, I mean, when we stumble and fall, to see somebody raised up again. I mean, can I use this term, a trophy of God's grace? When you fall and get up again and you display the forgiveness and mercy and grace of God, you become a trophy of God's grace. I mean, one that others can see and realize the greatness of the God that we know and serve. I mean, the Bible tells us, I mean, get this, distance is deceptive. Now, I'm sure we're all familiar with the story of the prodigal son. When he went out into the world, I'm sure, I mean, he never thought he would go as far as he went. And I am absolutely certain that when he left the father's house, his intent was not to get to the hog pen. I'm, I, I can be fairly certain of this, being raised on a farm, I mean, he had no desire to eat of the slop that the hogs were feeding on. I mean, how many of you have raised hogs or been around fog, hogs? I mean, more than I anticipated. I mean, aren't they the most sweet-smelling aroma you've ever smelled in your life? I mean, doesn't what they eat look appetizing? I mean, I'm not talking about these commercial things. I mean, where they have these little feeding troughs and they keep it all washed down and clean. I mean, I'm, where, where we grew up, I mean, we took the slops, the leftovers. I mean, they said in, at my grandmother's house that she'd throw out supper. I mean, we'd take that down to the hogs and they would, they would begin to dig, dig into it and eat it. I mean, and they loved it. I don't think that's what the prodigal was hoping for. He said, you know what, I'll just go a little ways and you know what, when it comes time, I'll go back home and I, you know what, I'll go back and say, Dad, it's so happy to get to see you again. Amen. What he came back to was devastation. What he came back when he realized, I mean, he realized just how far and deceptive the distance was. Amen. And so the lessons we can learn, amen, and the distance is deceptive. Uh, and the Bible tells us in Genesis 13, 12, that Lot pitched his tent. Amen. And before long, he was in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's, we need to understand that when we get away from God, that falling will be inevitable. I mean, and denial is only distracting from the obvious. Denial is only distracting from the obvious. So you deny it, you're, you're denying what really actually happened. I mean, I want to say this and, and because I, it is so possible. Matthew chapter 26, when Peter is there, verse 74 through 75, get this, blasphemy is even possible. Can you say things that you wish you had never said? Will you say things 
I hope you never get to that place in your life. But I hope that we will know that this is a reality. The last thing I want to share with you this morning is simply this, how to recover from a fall. If falling is a reality, is there a way that I can recover from the fall? When I told you about that bicycle, I mean, when I wrecked, as I told you about my wife when she fell down the steps or stairs at the University of Florida, I mean, there was a something that we all had to do to recover from that fall. I want you to understand this with me. Matthew chapter 26, if you'll turn your, take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 26. I want to start with the example of the Apostle Peter. This is the subject, this topic that I'm going to mention is one that is forgotten in a lot of places today. I mean, but it is one that is, I believe, that is essential. And I believe as you look in verse 75, the Bible says, Peter remembered the words of, the, of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Can I tell you, repent. 1 John 1, 9, amen. How, how many of you here think you can quote 1 John 1, 9 without thinking about it? Hold your hands up really high, amen. All right, I believe everybody in here should be able to quote 1 John 1, 9 without even thinking about it. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what? The first thing we need to do when we realize we've fallen is confess it. Repentance is essential to recover from a fall. Repentance is essential to, rec to recover from a fall. I mean, we see not only repentance is, is essential. Take your Bibles now and turn with me to Psalms chapter number 40. Psalms chapter number 40. I mean, if you know the book of Psalms and you know Psalms 40, you know exactly where we're going with this. I mean, not only do we realize that repentance is necessary, I mean, restoration is the work of God. Notice this. I mean, he says in Psalm 40 and verse number 1, I waited patiently for the Lord... And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Now get this, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. How did he get out of the pit? Did he get himself back up? I mean, the Bible tells us here that the Lord picked him up out of the horrible pit. Get this, he brought us up out of a pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. Amen. I can I tell you this? What he needed to learn to do and what we will all need to learn to do in our lives, amen, I is we need to repent and let the Lord lift us up. I am so devastated every time that I hear of a young man or a young lady that falls and they never embrace the forgiveness in their lives. They constantly remind themselves of the failure. They remind themselves of the sin. Amen. God has forgiven it. Amen. What are you doing remembering it? If God's not holding it against you, why are you holding it against you? Amen. And so there is a forgiveness that is essential. Amen. And so he says he brought him up out of the miry clay, out of the pit. And he set his feet upon a rock. Amen. I mean, the Bible teaches us. Amen. You which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. Amen. We need to understand that God's desire is to raise us up again. I believe one of the greatest privileges we have, I mean, being in church and being part of the family of God is not only to know that God will lift us up, but we have a family that cares about lifting us up. You find yourself struggling? I mean, then you should have a brother or sister or a dozen in the Lord that is willing to help lift you up. Amen. You see somebody struggling with something in their life, why don't you do this? Amen. Walk up beside them and say, you know what, I just want you to know one thing today. 
I love you, and I want to help you today. Can I be your brother in Christ? Can I be your sister in Christ? Amen. You know what? You'll be surprised at how many people are ready to get right when you come alongside and try to help them get up. Amen. But yet we, we so often walk by, amen, and we just pass on the other side because we're not willing to be the tool or the instrument that God has called us to be. Amen. The church must be a place where we see repentance, where we see restoration, but we also see a return to God's will in our lives. Amen. In Luke chapter 15, in the story of the prodigal, the prodigal says, I will arise and go to my father's house. Amen. And when he gets there, I thought this is just such an amazing story to me. Amen. The Bible says, and the father saw him afar off. Amen. And he waited on him to get to the house and then to repent before he ever made him right. Not even close. The father saw him afar off, and he ran to meet him. I mean, and the Bible says, and he fell on his neck. Now, I believe falling on his neck is a very important topic to learn. Amen. Why? Because it means that he humbled himself and submitted himself to the will of the father. Number two, it is also a picture, amen, that the father had every just right because of what he had done to fulfill biblical truth and to, and to kill his son. But what he didn't do was he didn't judge him. What did he do? He raised him up and he told the servants, go get the fatted calf, go get the robe, go get the ring, amen, go get the shoes and put them back on his feet, amen. Why? Because this is my son that's been restored again, amen. The, you find all of a sudden in that passage, there's an entire group of people that are excited about him getting back to the house where he should have been. The father didn't kick him, the servants didn't kick him, there was only one and that was a, a wayward brother. That was against him being restored. Amen. And so that's what I believe the church should be like. Get that. Amen. There needs to be a repentance. There needs to be a return. There needs to be a point of restoration. Amen. There needs to be an embrace of forgiveness. Now, in, in, in 1 John 1 9, we've talked about this. I want you to notice in, in, in Luke chapter 15 and verse number 20, I've been touching on this already, but there was a forgiveness that occurred from the Father, there was a forgiveness that occurred with his family. There was a forgiveness that occurred with his friends. Amen. And so all around him, people were willing to forgive him. You say, what? Well, if they knew, knew what I did, they would never forgive me. Well, if they knew what you did, they would realize just how merciful God is to them. To realize that they faced the same things. Amen. And you would realize, amen, that you're not the only one that's ever fallen. Understand with me, I mean, we need to repent, we need to return, we need to embrace, I mean, uh, we need to be restored, we need to uh, pray, we need to ask for God's forgiveness, but not only ask for His forgiveness, ask for His restoring grace in our lives. Lord, will you use me? I, I remember the story of Joshua as they were, lost the battle and Joshua goes out and he falls down and the Lord tells Joshua, he says, get thee up. God says, you know what? Yes, it happened. Yes, there was a defeat, amen? But Joshua, we need to take care of business, amen? And so Joshua heard from the Lord because he was willing to pray and seek God's face. And as a result, amen, he says, you know what? God did greater things in the future in his life. Get this, amen? Because he was willing to wait on the Lord, because he was willing to repent, and because he was willing to go forward, he saw God do great things, amen? Here's the last thing, a couple of things I want to give you this morning. Not only do we need to repent, return, embrace, restore, we need to pray, get this. I want you to understand this with me. Bury yourself in the Word of God. If you will say, you know what, I've fallen, and you will get in the Word of God, you will find the Bible will help you be restored. 
you will find the Bible not only helps you be restored, it'll help strengthen you against the fall. It will equip you that you don't make that same mistake twice. Amen. And so the Bible says, though a good man falls, shall he be utterly cast down? No, the Lord upholdeth him. Amen. And God's there for you. God's there for me. Amen. The last thing I want you to see is we need to bury ourselves in the Word of God and get this, immerse yourself in the family of God. Get God's people around you. Strengthen yourselves in the family of God. If you don't, you're going to find there's a world that's willing to embrace you and they will mock the things that you've been taught. They will ridicule the church that you were raised in. They will talk bad about the church folks that you were around. I mean, and there's one group that's there that could care less how what you fail with and wants to help you, and it's not those out in the world. It's God's folks. It's the Christian folk. It's those in the house of God. So I want you to understand with me this morning, we can learn from the fall. But we can only learn if we're willing to trust God in His Word. We can only learn if we're willing to experience forgiveness and enjoy restoration in our lives. We can only learn if we're willing to admit the reality that we've fallen. Will we, with the grace of God, go forward in our lives? Will we realize that God seeks to strengthen us from the fall?